Shut up and sit down. What up, freaks? Thanks for tuning back in. I'm going to start calling my hour listeners freaks. I like it, you know? Big Papa Pump used to do it. I'm not going to call my them freaks. that. Freaks. What up, freaks? I'm not going to. Nope. <laughs> i call you Bear Cubs. You guys could be my Bear Cubs. Bear Cubs and the freaks. I like it. I uh, just want to say, what's up, everybody? It is episode 16. We're here live. Cross Country Studios, Boca Raton, Florida. Thanks for tuning in. Following continues to grow. Uh, it's actually, uh, I mean, I, I'm just going to go out there and say it. It's growing faster than a fat guy chasing an ice cream truck. You know, hey, that's listen. How, that's how listen. I feel about it. I caught that bitch and got a Choco Taco. <laughs> <laughs> My man, the bear. The bear is back in town, baby. Plugging his G Fuel, right? That was cool. I saw you plugging away on G Fuel. It's on social media. If anybody's listening, check it out. Uh, but I just wanted to give a special thank you to Chris and Gene from Hemp Boca. Uh, they were our guests last week on episode 15. Don't forget, 25% off all products on their website, hempoker.com, using promo code AGUYTHING. Pretty damn cool. And don't forget, tomorrow night at Event Del Rey, there's an event held by Hempoker. It's a charity toy drive from 6 to 10 p.m. Unlimited appetizers. Get out there, guys. It's a good cause. They're raffling off some beautiful prizes. I think it's like three to five hundred dollars worth of prizes, gift card to the melting pot. So, you know, like I said, I think it was like forty bucks to get in. You get a drink, you get unlimited appetizers, and if it's two of you, it's uh, you know, if it's a couple, it's uh, seventy bucks. So you save ten dollars. So again, even if it's two dudes, hold hands for a couple minutes, and you walk in, you save ten bucks. How you doing? And I uh, just wanted to wish a happy Hanukkah to all my Jews, and uh, that's that's where we're at. And speaking of Jews, segueing right in, we got one with us today. That is the worst segue <laughs> than this guy who created segue falling off the cliff. I mean, it worked well though. It did in a way, but you gotta watch it. Hey, listen, listen, L- listen, listen, listen. I say what I'm I want. I'm listening. I say what I want when I want. We went over this. If you don't believe that, go back a couple episodes to it's a girl thing. I can say fuck all I want. Fuck, 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 fuck. It's the fucking bear. It's the bear, and if you go on our website at aguythingpodcast.com, uh, you'll see that the bear speaks his mind, whether you like it or not. And that's uh, that's the truth. So that's where we're at. But today's guest, award-winning film director on the indie circuit, please welcome Evan Howard. Or for myself, because <laughs> I'm copying for myself. Ooh. Hi, I'm Evan Howard. I'm 5'6". <laughs> I have brown hair, brown eyes. I like Wong walks on the beach in the rain. You hear that, ladies? How's that going? Tinder. How you doing? How you doing? Plenty of fish. Bumbler. You heard it first here. The bumbler again? <laughs> did them did both. Didn't work for me. No? Did not, no. Did not work any, for me. Any, any crazy stories? Uh, no. Damn it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not that lucky. I'm, I'm sticking with I heard it's a dog show on there. Yeah, it, it can be. It can be. I know on plenty of fish it is, but you know what you pay for, I guess. I guess so, right? It's free. So can we start with something that's really pissing me off that I heard about this? Oh week? boy, here we go again. I this is going to be the new segment. The, it's what pisses? What pisses? The bear, the bear pissing, poking the bear. We're going to call. Oh my god, that's amazing! That's All what right. I do at home. 
<laughs> not masturbating. I wasn't meaning. I was talking about because I upset my wife by poking. Bullshit. You know what? Let's just let's Wait, just. You upset your wife by masturbating? I mean, no. But let's just let's just continue. So, obviously, holiday season. Christmas music has started. Yes. My favorite song. Right, Carrie. Second favorite. My favorite <laughs> song is "Baby, It's Cold Outside." Oh yeah, but Cleveland is uh, Cleveland already reported that it's taken mm-hmm. it off the radio. Thank yeah. you. Our fucking liberal world out there is is telling everybody not to listen to it because it's super rapey, basically. Yeah. Uh, someone who's more articulate can explain. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to try. I am. Uh, I mean, look, I've I've I know the I've seen the lyrics. I've heard the song probably ten fucking million times over the years. It, it's a guy just, you know, he's trying to get laid. That's on Christmas. With roofies. What the fuck? I mean, listen. <laughs> Leave the guy yeah, alone. There's a, little, there's a little convincing and stuff like that. But ladies, if you didn't make it so fucking hard, we wouldn't have to convince you. I mean, I'm married. It's not that hard anymore. Sometimes. Love you. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it's a song, people. It's an old song at a time where that stuff was okay. That's when Bill Cosby was at his highest, and nobody was complaining then. But that's the thing. It's it's just like uh, Franklin in in the Charlie Brown special. It's like, oh, he's sitting on the other side of the table, but Charles Schultz fought to get him on there. It's a different time. Yeah. And then I heard um, um, millennials, quote unquote, are watching American Pie and getting offended. By American what, Pie. Pie. By the movie. You ever watch it? Yeah. It's I, pretty I, I, offensive, but guess what? They, it's a movie. Uh, wait, 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 wait. I gotta say something. I mean, about tell this. me, Stifler doesn't offend people. I gotta say so, but everybody knows a Stifler, so nobody really should be offended by that. <laughs> you are my Stifler. But, thank you, sir. Thank you. I have not, um, I have not gargled with urine yet, like he did in was it part one or part two? Well, you did black out at that fucking hotel, so you don't oh, know boy. what you did. Here we go. Here we go. We're not going to talk about that today. <laughs> uh, but you know what? I, I had here's the thing so today one of the things I wanted to talk about um, really quickly um, was the bullshit actually it was a mailbag and I don't know should we just skip real quick to this mailbag because it makes, Let's okay. go it makes sense it makes sense Christine from Staten Island she fucking went wild Staten Island Staten. She, she goes I'm so pissed that the new generation is saying that the holiday classic Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is a movie about bullying and should be removed from TV why is this new generation so sensitive so I think this you know this all seg- segues no, right perfect. into it makes sense it's almost as good as my segue with, with Evan with no, the segue was pretty good the holiday and the Jew uh, look I'm not PC I don't care you know one it's Rudolph that movie was made in the 40s you know the story is 1946 right it, it, the, the story is older than you know Methuselah but the thing is, yeah, it's about bullying because it's a reindeer, but also, why care? It's a reindeer. And here's my, here's my, my fucking, um, I had an epiphany today about this. And, I had, and I'm thinking to myself, every time I look at social media, something always comes up that someone's offended by. Mm-hmm. Now that we've rolled into the holiday season, now people are starting to take offense about things movies songs that have been around forever right our grandparents our parents us kids the new generation nothing has changed this is has been happening for a while so i say to myself are there really people that really truly feel this way or is it something else is it another source that's putting this out there on social media and creating these articles to create an uproar because if you notice there's always something that comes up you know mm-hmm. like i mean you know look i i read the bible and one of the things that god says and i'm not going to get uh 
you know religious here but seasons right we have we have high seasons we have low seasons right but if you notice on social media in the news there's the fucking season is is, is one season fucking insane it's insanity it's constant what's well, bullshit that's the climate right now like why weren't two fuckers upset last year about the same songs and the same movies because it's popular right now to be upset about things it gets you more clicks and more likes and more it's views it gets you more money because you can bitch and people will see you and talk about you but it, it also goes with the troll culture that is just in general on you know social media is if you can spark one little fire and piss everybody off you've done your job they don't care if it's true or not they right. just want to get the clicks and the like and that's where you know fucking clickbait comes from yes and it just, if you can get someone pissed off, you know, that's why the president does so well. It's, he can piss so many, people's off, mm-hmm. so many people off is because he's just a giant fucking orange troll. <laughs> I mean, Actually, I, I was listening to Rogan and, um, on, on, on about Trump and his, uh, his tweets. And that's, I mean, that's, you know, what they were talking about was like Trump could fire people up oh, yeah. with a tweet. Like, and he knows it, too. Yeah. He knows it. But people are, are paying more attention now to politics than I think ever before. But that's why the presidency that he's doing, as far as like our covert operations and the things that the government doesn't want you to look at, is so important to them. And that's why well, they want to keep him there. Because we're paying more attention to the shit he's saying and less attention to the but shit that's going on in the background. When, we, when he was first elected, and you think about it, you know, if there were covert things or, or you know, UFOs or whatever, don't you think he'd be the first one to say, yeah, UFOs and aliens exist? Well, no, but I think there's things happening that he doesn't they do know about. Exist. The government working behind him, and it's just all the things going on in the background, and they just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, keep, keep no, no, let him keep tweeting. No, no, don't take it away from him. Or they just have deep pockets. Or that. Yeah, I voted for Trump, but I'll tell you, you know, it was it was really because the the biggest thing was this fucking machine of the government. Fuck it, throw that monkey wrench Trump in there and see what happens. I mean, really, I'm just. Well, I mean, you're sick and tired of the same old shit from the same fucking people. At Clinton's, this, the Bushes, I mean, come on. At this point, saying I voted for Trump is like when I say I voted for Obama. It's like, oops. <laughs> I believed it at one point. Now, eh, not so much. <laughs> I could go into that, but I'm, I'm going to stay <laughs> well, off this pony. The Christmas lights are up. That's a that's a, a good thing. I just want to say to our listeners out there and for our listeners that celebrate Christmas... You feel my pain with putting up Christmas lights. Now, although I have a lot of fun doing it, there's always that terror in the back of your mind. Am I going to fall off a ladder and it's going to be a bitch taking this shit down? There's you always know, like, those thoughts that go on in your head. Kind of like what Chevy Chase did in <laughs> Christmas Vacation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, I watched last night. Did you? I, yeah, I do. My, my thing is one once a week I have to watch a Christmas movie. My favorites. You know, just to get into that jolly spirit. Uh, so no Hanukkah week, movies? Are you a racist? Other Hanukkah, well, eight crazy yeah, nights. Eight cra- that's that's, that's ah, pretty much the only one. The best one. It's got to be another one. one. No, no, no. There was another one with Seth uh, Seth Rogen. Oh, Seth Rogen, uh, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and yes. Anthony Mackie. Yeah, I forget the name of the movie. Uh, but that was that yes, was funny. I, I movie. think that is funnier than Eight Crazy Nights. Yeah, and I love Adam Sandler, oh, especially his new song, you. Phone Wallet Keys. Yes, I saw Phone, phone wallet, wallet Keys. keys. So, I've been singing that in the house. My wife wants to murder me. So the man in my house put up my Christmas lights. My wife. Wow. Uh, uh, she just, she got a bug in her ass and she started doing it. And I mean, we have to do more and get a ladder from a neighbor and shit, but. I mean this in the most respectful way. Your no, wife don't. is more manly than you. That's what I literally just said. I've come to accept these things, okay? 
As long as she listens to me sometimes and doesn't, you know, spend all the time abusing me. And now she's in kickboxing with Evan, actually. And oh. she's whipping my ass more often. I'm brown, so you can't see the bruise. It's, it's really very fucking sad. I'm happy about it. About him getting beat by Yeah, him. absolutely. I mean... Knock some sense into your fucking ass. Nah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I will always be me, no matter how much you beat me. <laughs> well, um... I had a fucking situation. I just want to tell you guys real quick. But, uh, you know, I know we're talking about Christmas lights going up and everything. The goddamn elf on the shelf is back. Oh that God. little fucking rat. Santa's fucking rat. It's the biggest 25-day fucking terror for parents. Because you fucking got to move the little fucker every single night. And don't get me wrong. We have fun with it. We have fun with it. We have a good time with it. And especially you could do little notes for the kids, you know, to keep them in check right. for the month. You know, donate toys to the poor, mm-hmm. get rid of the old, cut the news coming in, clean your room, you know, stuff yeah. like that. So it's cool. But, you know, it's Friday night. You go out. You have a couple pops. You come home. You want to go to, you know, eat something, go to bed. You wake up 3 o'clock in the morning like, oh, shit, I forgot to move that fucking elf. Now you're going to run out 3 o'clock in the morning, move the freaking elf, so before the kid wakes up and sees that the elf didn't move, you're fucked. Right. So you got to be moving this little fucker all the time. I hate it. I hate it so much. And um, you got to have two elves. No. So how about... I <laughs> How'd you get out, out of that one? Well, listen, I found out That's my daughter... Per household. <laughs> my daughter no longer believes in Santa. Ah, uh, okay. So She's that heart-crushing... How'd that happen? Um, I'm a, My kid is smart, and her friends are smart. And um, Google. I guess they just figured it out. I mean, serious Santa real. <laughs> so um, luckily, she's a good kid. She didn't tell her brother, so I don't have to beat her. So he still, you know, woke up one one morning. Uh, he was like, "Daddy, do you believe in Santa?" I was like, "Of course I do." He's like, "Me too. Me Sweet. too." So we're still good there. Wait, let's see what. Sir- hey Siri, is Santa real? Of course. I'm surprised you have to ask. See, even Siri believes it. Yeah, so it is true. There is a Santa. I don't have to deal with that. Being, you know, Jewish. My brother does uh, Mench on the Bench. I love Mench on the Bench. Which is pretty much That's elf, awesome. elf on the shelf. But, he but sits, he's Jewish. Right, but he sits on a, a matzo-shaped bench. <laughs> is he dressed like Abe Lincoln? He, he's dressed like a I love it. Jew. I think it's fantastic. I don't understand it. I really don't care. <laughs> it's, it, I, it's All just, right, so let's talk about it now. Okay. We have, for, for the Catholics and the mm-hmm. Christians, we have Elf on the Shelf. Right. For the Jewish people, we have Men on, on the, the bench. bench. What about Kwanzaa, Brian? Is that the one for the black people? Yeah. Oh, I, shit, I don't what know. What can we do? Um, I don't know. That's, uh, that's I don't, I don't um, know. I, a black guy at a job? I don't know. <laughs> oh, come on. Some, it's for the kids. <laughs> oh, for the kids? What can we do for Kwanzaa? Oh, God. What can we do? I don't know. I don't know, we'll have, to go, we'll have to come back to this one. So you guys, tell us what you think, what you would do for Kwanzaa. And God, I can't wait for the answer. Yeah, guys, mailbag us. <laughs> what would you do? Uh, Kwanzaa, or any other holiday, religious holiday. We have Mench on the bench. We have Elf on the shelf. C- could we do Mexican on a wall? Oh. Yes. And next. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Come on, guys. This is not a PC show. Get with it. Yeah, we already spoke about that in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> we already talked about this. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, you know, we're going to speak our mind. That's what we do. Um, but yeah, anyway, I had a fucking crazy situation last night. Bro, I'm no fucking plumber. Right. You know what I mean? 
I'm not fucking playing. Even, though, even though you sound like Mario. It's <laughs> a <laughs> uh, Mario. It's a me, Mario. Mario. I, I, last night, I'm cleaning the dishes, you know, and everything's all good. And all of a sudden, my wife goes, Joe, there's water everywhere. I look down, there's a fucking puddle of water. The whole fucking, I, oh, the sink, water's rushing out from underneath the sink all over the floor. I open up the, the the doors. I look under the sink. The fucking pipe came loose. It's like one of those plastic pipes that you can screw pipe. together. Yeah PVC. yeah, PVC. And there's water everywhere. I'm like, oh shit! I clear everything out. It's the first time I'm dealing with this type of situation. I figured it out. I, it was like putting a fucking Lego together. I had to stick this piece in, then that piece popped out. I had to pop that in. The other piece popped out. Water coming all over the place. I'm just down there with screwdrivers unscrewing and screwing until we finally fixed the issue. But it was fucked up dealing with that shit. I don't know. You know, being a homeowner. <laughs> okay. You know, we used to rent and whenever shit happened and you, you know, landlord. You, hey, landlord. You, call, you call the fucking guy. Yeah. Call the guy and they call another guy and it's over. But when you're a homeowner, you want to save money. Then you gotta learn how to do it yourself, or you gotta go on YouTube, one or the other. But yeah, that was my uh, that was closest I ever uh, came to being Super Mario. Super Mario, you even say it right. Mario. How you doing? How you doing? Yeah, I've never. I, I had to deal with that once in um, my old rental. In the storage closet were the water pipes, so I threw something, a bowling ball, in there to like did it, and it hit the water pipe and exploded. <laughs> it was crazy. Water was pouring in. But uh, we got it all fixed because I had I called the guy. By the guy, I mean my father-in-law. He knows how to fix all that shit. Not me. Oh, we already covered this. Not the man of the house. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have those problems. <laughs> where do you Where do you live? I live with my parents still. Okay, so they take care of all that shit. Yeah, well, my okay. dad does. They call the guy. They call my dad is the guy. He's the guy. Oh, is he the guy? He's the guy. Oh, so the guy lives with you. What's yeah, your dad? That's do? Great. Uh, my dad works for a distribution company, where they just. Fill orders for like Walmart and stores like that. Oh, okay. kind of like what we would have to deal with at Circuit City. Oh yeah, the online orders. Yeah, people, or you had to. People running through the store. Yeah, gotta go pick shit out when people order stuff online. Oh wait, so let me tell this story. Talking about Circuit City, we we started talking about this before the podcast. So I had a good friend named Jamie, or Goose as I like to call him. Goose. So this is my favorite Jamie story that happened between me and him because there's some awesome ones that happened to just him. And one day we'll have him on, and you'll be fucking dying if he's allowed to tell them. I, th- I think he's, he can. So he actually went to high school with my wife. So they had a small knowledge of each other. And um, she was away at college, and we found out she was pregnant. And I was young and destroyed. I was not happy about the situation. And uh, him and Evan were actually consoling me. And I believe you were standing there when this happened. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right. He's like, Brian, this is what I'm going to do for you. Now, Jamie is half Asian. And he looks like an Asian man, and he's half Dominican, I think, right? Yes. So he's like, this is what I'm going to do for you, man. He's like, I'm going to drive over to Fort Myers, which is where my now wife was in college. He's like, I'm going to dress up like a ninja, and I'm going to drop kick that bitch in the stomach for you because oh. I love you. And then he walked away. That is my favorite goose story. That's, that's dedication. <laughs> I, um, that's dedication to a friend. Don't worry, my wife knows the story. So Yeah, I was about to say, holy shit. What did no, you I've- think about it? She laughed because she knows him, and you know yeah, that was, that's as much as you felt wow when I told that story. <laughs> that's the least of the shit that he's ever told so, me or said. He is my best friend. Um, we've gone through this many, many times. He is still that same person. Like he comes up, like he'll with, drop kick a pregnant. Bitch. Yeah, well, why not? Um, 
One of my favorite stories was I was dealing with a guy at the cameras, and he came up, and he's like, do you want a truck full of babies? Because I got one. And he just walks away. But that's what he would do. He was like Asian Jim Carrey. Yeah, he would just go. But that's, that's, great. that's still who he is. He's such you know, a good person. 11 years later, we still hang out. He's the same way. Like He's just off the wall, and he just doesn't give a fuck about what anyone thinks about him. And that's why. That's great. That's how everybody should live their life. Yeah. Yeah, when we when I first started working for Circuit City, that was the crew. It was me, Evan, a couple, uh, Goose, and a couple other guys. Actually, one of them was the guy I talked about driving the car on the last podcast. Oh, Donut Boy? The, the darkness, everybody. <laughs> so we used to go to a brew's room yeah. and drink it up. And, and a couple of us, not Evan, would go during lunch breaks and go mm-hmm. drink it up and then come back, mostly me in the darkness. And Phil. Remember Phil? Yep, I remember Fire dog squad, Phil. So yeah, we used to get drunk on lunch breaks and then go out at night and the wife would come meet us and she'd drive me because I didn't have my driver's license until I was 23. And I drank too much anyway, so I didn't need to drive. That was a good thing, then. So, speaking of not drinking too much, you yeah. know what happened by my house? Right by my house, right next to where I go to karate and my wife and Evan do kickboxing, mm-hmm. they threw the guy, this guy out of the bar at 2 a.m. This guy comes back to the bar with a machete. What? And he's out front. He goes what to bar? a um, premier. Premier, the billiard club. Yes, I know exactly what So he goes back to Premier, and there's a group of people out front. He goes to attack them with a machete. Somebody with a concealed carry pulls and kills him. Wow. Dead. Kills him dead. I mean, I don't know. Now, was the how guy that fucking... shot him drinking? Because that could be an issue. Uh, that I don't know. I don't know if that was in the yeah, thing. Yeah, uh, what I've heard. But he, he saved people, and then he saved lives. apparently yeah. they broke one of the windows at karate, so karate and kickboxing, all this stuff was canceled today. Wow. Which is why I was early. Wow, very good. Look I'm happy to hear that. About time. Guys, I mean, have you, our listeners that are tuning in, have you ever had an experience with a fucking crazy drunk? I want to hear it. Crazy drunk, taking out machetes, weapons, fights. Tell us your stories. We want to hear about it. I had a buddy that was so high and drunk that he tried to fight a palm tree because he, <laughs> he, he thought it was a Jamaican dude with dreads. Wow. A really tall one, apparently. No, no. It was oh, one, one, of the short, short one of the short palm trees. I mean, he was back there, like, head weaving. He had good head movement, too. And the wind was blowing. He's like, dude, he's fighting back. Hey, you ever, see, you ever see those videos on, uh, there's a video going around. It kind of went viral of the... Uh, this dude he's pretending to be blind no and like all of a sudden like he'll just be like at, at, a, at a department store and people like looking you know at stuff in the shelves and all of a sudden he'll just stop drop his cane and just start wildly punching in the air and everybody like jumps up out of the way like holy shit I have not seen it's like he Neither does it everywhere this guy and they have like different clips of different places him doing this in and getting the reaction from the people it's a fucking hilarious video I'll see if I can pull it up <clears throat> but uh it's really funny. I don't, I don't even know how to YouTube it, but you know what I mean. Blind guy punching air. Blind, blind guy punching air. So really as, funny shit. Again, as long as I've known you, I, I found out randomly, I think, from Facebook. I never knew you were you did movies and stuff like that. I know you acted for a while mm-hmm. um, with that one girl. You guys were doing a lot of acting back way back when. When did you get into directing? Ah, uh, oof. Uh, between when we met and then me moving to Orlando, I kind of stopped with the, the acting. And then when I moved back, I want to say about like when I was 23, I started taking up acting classes again. And through the acting school, I was offered a teaching position through that acting school, a little like after school programmy kind of thing. So I started doing that and fell into the groove of teaching and directing. And it came to 
I like this. I enjoy it. Maybe I should make a career out of this. And I started looking up film schools. I went to Palm Beach. It was going to take two years. I got impatient. Then I found a local school, which was... Originally, it was Palm Beach Film School that was bought out by a uh, company out of the Philippines called the International Academy of Film and Television, which doesn't exist down here anymore because they went belly up uh, the month after I graduated. Perfect timing. Yeah, right. Um, so I, I got into this groove of directing, and I enjoyed it. And even before that, when... I don't know if you remember Sebastian. Yeah, Sebastian. Yeah, yeah Sebastian. He worked with us. Um, we hung out a lot and through that and with acting, you know, being just an actor and not really going out and doing things, you fall into the groove of you have to be the filmmaker, you have to be the writer, you have to be the editor, you have to be the camera guy, you have to learn all these other trades to be able to do, you know, what you want. If you want to put a video up on YouTube, you know, if you guys are just learning and you don't know you know, a filmmaker and you're doing YouTube videos, how are you going to learn? You're going to have to do it yourself. You're going to watch YouTube videos and do it. You know, when we started the acting and, and everything, this was the infancy of YouTube when people first started doing, you know, YouTube shows and web series and all that stuff. Yeah. Yep. So you just fall into it if you don't know anybody and you just work yourself into it, into these kind of niches and you create a crew from that kind of thing and falling into it you know, he would direct, or I would direct, or we both would direct, or we would have someone else direct, and it just, it, it falls into those things. It's just like with Brett, he did the same thing. Uh, a friend of Brian and, and mine uh, went to high school with us, same thing, he acted, but if you don't know people, you gotta fall into that kind <coughs> and of... And especially down here in the state of Florida, it's non-union. Non so you're not gonna get great work down here. Right. You and gotta produce the work on your own. Yeah, so I, and I get it. It's one of the biggest things down here. I mean, the acting community and the film community in the state are great. Mm -hmm. They're great people, but the state isn't conducive for the industry. Right. You know, uh, who was the governor before Rick Scott? Uh, Charlie Crist. He said... You know, he gave tax breaks when he went from Republican to independent for filmmakers. And you saw this influx of filmmakers. Uh, you had uh, Magic City being shot here, mm -hmm. Glades, Charlie's Angels. Burn Notice. Burn Notice, Charlie's Angels. I was an extra in, in there. And it was a big influx and mm -hmm. big on the economy. The problem with it being non-union was... Well, they're flying all the actors from L.A. Right, down right. here for the principal roles. Right. So, yeah. it, it, so it, it all the Florida guys are getting, even if you're, you are eligible... Right. You're only getting background work. Background work. You know, maybe a line parts, if you're right. lucky, but it's not going to be a principal role. So when Rick Scott came in, he nixed that tax break, mm -hmm. and you see all the you know, filmmakers leave. Georgia's, when, after uh, Charlie Crist's uh, tax break left, you saw all the filmmakers go to Georgia, Louisiana. Right. Louisiana to, blew up. Louisiana blew up. I think up. Brad Pitt did a movie. In yeah, they Louisiana. just did a movie there. Uh, Walking Dead's done in Georgia. Anything that you find on uh, Cartoon Network now, like from Adult Swim on, you stay and you watch past the credits, it says film in Georgia. Mm. Oh, wow. Uh, Atlanta, Ted Turner, CNN, TNT, that's all you yeah. know, stationed there. Mm. Just This is a great state to film in, except outside, because it's fucking Florida. It's... 5,000 degrees, degrees. Yeah. yeah. It's living hell. But, you know, it's, it's a great fucking state because it's summer year-round. Mm -hmm. You know, you're in Georgia, it snows. In Louisiana, 
Yeah, you get a little mixture <laughs> of the seasons and stuff. In Louisiana, you have the Cajuns. That's the problem there. Or the swamp. Yeah. But we uh, have swamp here. Elizabeth. Shoot them. Shoot them, Elizabeth. Shoot them. I've seen, uh, was that Gator, Gator World? Gator Boys? No, not Gator Boys. The other one. Oh, I don't know. There's another one. Swamp People. Swamp People. I love on, that show. The History Channel. Or They're whatever. animals, those people. I love it. Yeah, uh, no, I get it, man. Uh, you know, I, I did uh, acting for quite some time, mm-hmm. for about seven, eight years, and I did a lot of work with the University of Miami. Uh, I got my uh, eligibility to join the guild. Um, just to, you know, I, I went through the trenches, you know. Yeah. It's difficult down here. It's fun, you know, especially if you do your own projects. Yeah. You can have a great time or you do a lot of indie work or, or you're working with, like, you know, UM or mm-hmm. colleges. You could get some good experience. But that's one of the things I love about the education system. Well, the college system, not to say that the education system here in Florida is the greatest, but you have a lot of schools that are catered towards TV and film mm-hmm. or theater, like, you know, down UM, FSU has a fantastic film program. You have Orlando, which is the film capital of the state. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Full Sail. You have uh, UCF has their own film program, which is one of the toughest to get into. I applied. I didn't get in. It's like they take 10% of the applicants, and then 10% of those applicants, only 5% get into the film program. It's, you know, hard. but Yeah, it's rough. It, it's built for something that doesn't belong here. Mm-hmm. True. Know? Very true. Well, you know, it's different. You got two sides of it. You know, for our listeners that uh, watch a lot of movies or TV, you know, it's interesting because when you're involved in it, you look at it a different way. You think about while you're watching a movie or a TV show, you're thinking about lighting. Mm-hmm. You're, you're looking for the mistakes. You know, it's crazy once you get involved. All of a sudden, you just watch TV and, and film a totally different way mm-hmm. than the average uh, viewer. But I'm going to ask you a question because I got some questions yeah, for you. Yeah, go but, ahead. Uh, you know, there's the acting side and the directing side, but as a director, mm-hmm. do you like working with actors? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because, you know, you, when you read a script as a director, you see it one way. And filmmaking, if you don't know, is a very collaborative art. You know, it's taking an idea from the writer's standpoint, you're giving it into the hands. If you're not the writer, in my case, I suck at writing, so I'm not going to write my own scripts unless I have to, you know, to give it to someone else and be like, interpret this. Mm-hmm. You know, the director is going to see it one way. As an actor, you're going to see it another way. And then you have to come to either a, a common ground. And some of the best directors know how to listen and get a good reaction from an actor. Mm-hmm. You know, and the same with the actor. It's, it's a one-one kind of road. You know, we work together. The best way to work together, it's just like any other, you know, kind of thing. It's like you guys, you know, the chemistry that you have together on the mic, you know, it wouldn't flow if... You know, Brian was this complete dick, and you were, you know... Well, he is. I, yeah, you, but, but, yeah. It works. <laughs> it works. <laughs> I'm a complete asshole. Yeah, well, I said dick, you said asshole, but two Completely and two different, together. and you're fucked. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> and not even in a good way. <laughs> going to pound town. Um, but it's a collaborative, and then you have the other moving parts. Mm-hmm. You know, the camera guys, the, the director of photography who yep. gets the shots for the director the gaffer, the sound guy, and all these other things, and they're coming together to create this... The boom, man. The boom, man. You know, you, you come together to try to create this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's blasphemous to say, but as a filmmaker, as a writer, you're creating this entire universe for these characters to live into and inhabit, right. so you have to be able to, you know... Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Create yeah, you this... you got to create that world for yeah. the worst experience with an actor. <sighs> Teaching children... 
you know, like I said, I taught acting for years and kids, you only can work with them a certain amount of time because mm-hmm. of labor laws and, and all that. But teaching kids, not teenagers, kids who don't understand certain emotions and certain ways to play a character is difficult because if you say to a kid, okay, you have to be angry. Like, you as the director have to be like, okay, what anger do I have to portray them? Are you frustrated because you can't play with this toy? Are you, you know, upset because your parents, you know, yelled at you for Mm. stealing a cookie kind of thing? It's using big words and you have to condense it for a child's mind. Mm. And when you're dealing with an adult, Brian, you're angry. Okay, what kind of anger? You're fucking pissed because Jessica smashed your headlights kind of thing and you could and you could think about that and find that you know he finds it funny though because he's crazy yeah. no i find it funny because i backed into her car and i fucking fucked up her passenger door and i still haven't fixed it yet that's why i find it funny but but you know <laughs> what i'm saying is that's a different kind of anger to a child being like okay billy you're angry because Susie smashed your car door that's not gonna work for a kid for a kid right because right. you, ha- you have to find something to associate with yeah. what's your favorite toy well that kid over there just smashed it go right <laughs> or, or the dog died kind of thing but with an adult you can elaborate mm-hmm. more okay your anger is going to be mixed with uh, being pissed off and frustration because XYZ or you're sad because XYZ but you have yeah. to add this layer on top of it and, you know there are good kid actors oh yeah that's but real good ones. that little Dakota Fanning the, back in the day, right? She was unbelievable, right? But you know, you can't get to that level without working and training. And then on that same side of working with children is the stage parent and dealing with a parent who thinks they know better than you. Right. So it's it's yeah. there are good and bad experiences, mm-hmm. just like with every fucking thing. Yeah, I hear you, man. What about? Uh, I've, I've actually dealt with this before, but I wanted to ask you, what goes through your mind when you're dealing with an actor that forgets their lines? Like, those didn't, you could tell they didn't study their yeah. lines and they're, they're just blowing it up. I've, what, what, what's go, because I don't know what goes through the mind of a director with shit like that, but I've been on a set where an actor fucked his yeah. shit up bad. Um, I've been there. Luckily, I was directing as well as acting, and I, get, I got pissed off at myself because I knew, I actually wrote the lines. And I spent an entire day at work writing the lines down so I wouldn't forget. And then the night that we shot, it was like 8 o'clock at night, I forgot the lines. I get upset with myself. But that's, you know, you being mad at yourself. Um, I haven't dealt with someone who's forgotten their lines um, because I've only done a couple of shorts. And the shorts that I've done, minimal dialogue Mm -hmm. because you want to just get there. but I, I guess it's frustrating in a way. You know, you, you I had a guy, I was on a, <clears throat> a TV pilot. Mm-hmm. We were actually, it was a fucking fantastic idea. It was, it was called The Record Deal. And it was just about the, the in, ins and outs of the record business. But it, the company was owned by like a family and they were trying to compete with the big dogs. And there was a lot of like shady shit going on in the right. background. So it was a cool concept, and we actually were competing to get a, a get, well, at least get the show picked up. Whether the actors were going to get picked up, who knows? But mm-hmm. the show uh, was being looked at by A and E, uh, and and Bravo, Bravo canceled out, and A and E stuck it out with us, but they ended up taking Gene Simmons instead. So there you have it. But you can't compete with Gene Simmons. <laughs> you lost to Gene Simmons. 
Gene Simmons, yeah. Family, wow. Gene Simmons, Family, family jewels. jewels. Family Jewels, bro. That's, the, uh, it would have been the record deal, but it was Family Jewels instead. Right. But that's where we're at. But uh, the, the point I'm getting at, we were, we were uh, filming on scene at Holly mm. Davidson. And it was a team effort. I mean, my dad got involved, and he was getting to, helping us with locations, and he got us at the Holly dealership, nice. which was fantastic. Dude, this fucking place was huge. Yeah. And we're filming. They had to get all these beautiful motorcycles around, and we're in the dealership, mm-hmm. and they're having a, a like a photo shoot at the Holly dealership for one of their singers. So now it's like um, the guy that was playing my brother, he he fucked up. Yeah. Fucking didn't you could tell he did not study his lines at all. He didn't even he didn't know his ass from his elbow. So here we are filming on you know you know right, well, right. you know you know how it is. We're all under the gun the whole way through. So I'm behind the camera just watching the whole thing unfold, and this fucking guy just could not remember his lines were shit. And there were it was like a speech. So we had to improvise, mm-hmm. dude. Literally, they had to tighten up the camera. And the fucking girl that he was doing the scene with was basically holding the lines in front of her face yeah. while he was reading the fucking lines. And they had to get him at a certain angle where you couldn't really tell he was reading the line. It was so bad. I've... I wanted to choke this guy. Yeah, I mean, you know, on something like that where there's a budget. And when I was in acting school, we talked about uh, the economy of a film set. Time is money in the film industry, just in general, because you could be at the Harley dealership for X amount of hours where they have to be closed mm-hmm. and they're losing money. Yeah. Well, they were open. We went rogue, dude. That I mean, we insane. were. Yeah, we we flowed through but, it. You know, free extras though, so that was cool. Working with with kids and being, you know, an acting teacher, and you know, you you have to find that nuance you know the, the the films that i've done that i've directed that i've worked on my own stuff they're micro budget you know i think mm-hmm. the most i've spent on a film is maybe fifteen hundred dollars you know that's straight right out of my pocket no budget no um uh finances from any from an outside source this was all mine and i come to the idea that i'm not paying these people i'm not going to ride them like they're workhorses Mm-hmm. You know, which could be good, which could be bad. It, it, it it's a you know a, a mm-hmm. coin toss. But when you're on a set for a show that's could be picked up for you know syndication or mm-hmm. a series or something like that, and you fuck up that bad, I'd be like, get the fuck off my set. Yeah, I'm right. Get the fuck out. Throw your ass out of here, motherfucker. I'm with you 100. percent But I want to ask. Um, I want. This was a question I had for you. Um, let's say you're. In a certain situation, you become an A-list director, all right? And I know you're well on your way because you're an award-winning director now. You got awesome uh, accreditation on the indie scene. Thank you. I saw the the, uh, the awards that you won. I mean, pretty impressive stuff. Uh, but now you, you've bumped it up a notch. You're A-list director. Mo- what movie script do you choose from your inventory or something you've always wanted to do? And who do you cast as your main characters? Oh, that's a toughie. Yeah, man. I'm uh, throwing, throwing some good shit at you. You know, with the way that the cinema is now, the movies are now, the big thing are superhero movies. One movie that I would die for to redo my own way, honestly, is Green Lantern. Okay. One, they fucking ruined that shit right from the get-go. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, baby. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Look, he's, he's an amazing Deadpool He's, he's oh, the only Deadpool. He's the, only he's the Deadpool. best. He's the best. And uh, I think he'll be pretty good in, in Pikachu, too. Yeah, yeah. I think Danny DeVito would have been better. Um, <laughs> Pikachu with a whiskey drinking problem. Right. Uh, hey, there's nothing wrong with a whiskey drinking problem. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I would go with Green Lantern. 
And I would go with, you know, someone like a Nathan Fillion, who would okay. fit the part of the character versus a Ryan Reynolds who had mm-hmm. nothing to do as Hal Jordan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love my superhero movies. I love my Star Wars movies. But to just redo something that was shitted on by studios... I mean, and we, we all see that DC and Warner Brothers can't do a superhero movie. I mean, the only good one that they've done is Wonder Woman. And that's because they were like, Patty Jenkins, do what you do. And she did what she did. And it's the best thing that they've produced. That movie was amazing. It was. And Gal Gadot is Gal Gadot. so gorgeous. Yes. Gadot. Gadot. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, but compared to Marvel, it's... They get crapped on. Marvel exactly. just does one after another after another. I mean, some are flops, but they're all going to be great. You know, um, the last Thor Ragnarok, Ragnarok was amazing. I think it was a great mix of action and comedy, but it was it, it was just yeah. fun. It was just a really fun movie. Yes. Agreed, a hundred percent. I think I saw it twice in the theaters. Yeah, my my kids love it. I mean, I can't wait. Avengers coming out. Captain Marvel's coming out in uh, March. Both the trailers should be dropping this week for those. No. That sounds fun. Super excited. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of drop, I'm going to drop something right now. We're at goddamn Cross Country Studios. And I, I got to say, I love this place. I really do. Like, I was, I was over here hanging out, you know, and they treat you like family here. Mm. Like, when I walk in the place, as you can see, it's your first time here. It's beautiful here. Big, beautiful office. They got the Christmas trees up now. I'm sure there's a Hanukkah bush around here somewhere. But I want to let you guys know, when I came in this place, I decided, you know what? I could I can hang out in the studio in the conference room, but I'm gonna just have a seat on the couch and relax. And that's what I did. They treat you like family here. The owner walks by, shakes my hand, has everything. We have a little conversation. All the workers they they come on in. Everybody's just I mean a pleasure to deal with. So guys, cross country mortgages. If you're in the market to buy a home, get on the fast track. They close in as few as seven days. With the Matt Weaver team here at Cross Country, the beautiful Boca Raton, Florida, hit them up. They're open seven days a week. That's Monday through Friday and Saturday and Sunday for you little crazy freaks out there. 8 a.m. to 9 p.m., guys. This is nuts. This is unheard of. Mortgage companies, they make good money. They work hard. They want to party, too. They decide to work instead. I got to tell you, I sent a friend of mine to Frank. Cristiano, our, our beloved Frank. We love our, you, Frank. Um, and she called him at on Friday at about 6 o'clock at night. And guess who answered the phone? Frank Cristiano. Damn right. This is what they do, guys. So if you're renting and thinking about buying, make the plunge. Do it. You're not going to be let down. And when you deal with a guy like Frank Cristiano and the Matt Weaver team here across country, you're going to be doing yourself a really big favor. Hit him up. 561 864 Two four five eight. Do it. Do it. Do it. So, that's my that, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. But I want to segue mailbag. We got a couple of other mailbags that hit us up, and I'm so happy. Actually, we got so many mailbags in the pipeline right now. It's fucking crazy. So you know, we're we're just, we're just getting through them, folks. Thank you so much um, uh, for sending us this mailbag. Um, Adam from Hollywood hit us up. And he had a very interesting story, Thanksgiving story. He said, this Thanksgiving, we hosted my family and my wife's family. We worked really hard to make it nice for everyone, but my mother-in-law is a huge pain in the ass. 
During dinner, she made it a point to announce to everyone how bad she thought the turkey was. She knew that my wife and I worked very hard on it. She has no manners, and this is, this is not the first time she was outspoken in front of a group of people. She is hosting New Year's, and I want to embarrass her so she knows what it feels like. Any suggestions? Adam from Hollywood. Spike the punch. Take a shit in the top tank of... Uh, oh, yeah, uh, upper decker, double, baby. Upper decker. decker. Yeah, you could do that, too. Hmm. Um, I would be very careful on retribution with your mother-in-law. Yeah. yeah. That shit could go sour real quick, my friend. Real quick. Especially, like, my wife and her mother are best friends. So yeah. if I ever did anything wrong to her, I would suffer. It's almost a... Almost, not quite, but almost a bulletproof situation in favor of the mother-in-law. But there could be a way around it, my friend. But you must be patient. You have to wait. See, your moment was at Thanksgiving when she acted out. You know, you got you got to play the victim role sometimes too, my friend. Don't get on the defense so quickly. Don't be afraid to shed fake tears. Yes. You, need, you got to capitalize on these situations. So if you're saying that this woman is very outspoken, she's rude, and look, she probably is. I mean, there's rude people out there that have no manners, and it sounds like she falls in this category. What I would do is be patient, be vigilant, wait. Bide your time. Bide your time. There will be another moment where she's outspoken and insults in front of a group of people, and you must strike while the iron is hot, my friend. It's not about revenge. It's about reaction. As soon as this lady starts in... You need to play victim and 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 make her make it known to everybody how insulted you were by her manners. So this way, the whole group turns against her, and then you win. That's my that's my input. And then you don't look like an asshole trying to embarrass her. And maybe she'll see your point, and maybe she'll straighten out. Other than that, I don't know what else to tell you. I would have just threw the stuffing at her on Thanksgiving. Use use one of the drumsticks to beat her senseless. <laughs> How dare you? Huh? Huh? You like you like how do you like the turkey now, huh? How do you like it now? That's what I would do. What about you, Brian? I wouldn't do anything. I love my mother in law, she's a great lady. I'm not saying your mother in law. If you were in this guy's situation. I wouldn't do anything. My mother in law's a great lady. That's it. No. See now you make me look bad. <laughs> That's the point, Joe. <laughs> no, I didn't um, say my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law is awesome, man. She, dude, she makes the best, the best Christmas cookies ever. Every Christmas, she bakes like hundreds of cookies, puts puts them in tins, and gives them out to the whole family. Not many mother-in-laws do that, so I'm very lucky. So, I'm a very outspoken person. I don't know if you know that about me yet. Well, not really, because I just asked you a direct question. And you, you deferred it like five times. I yeah. would have called her on her shit right then and there. Damn. I don't. I wouldn't have waited any time. So to. what would you, what would the bear have done? How would the bear have reacted to a situation like that on Thanksgiving? Oh, I would. Turkey sucks. I would have reamed. I would have reamed her out right in front of everyone at the table after right after the prayer and we talk about what we're thankful for. <laughs> right after <yeah, laughs> the prayer. Oh hell yeah! Got to pray to God first because then I got to pray again later for <laughs> forgiveness. <laughs> I'm like, what is your problem? Yeah, I would I would try to avoid you. the profanities because the kids are around, of course, you know. But it would go something like this. What the fuck is your problem? Ooh. We worked really hard for you to make this look nice, to impress you guys, and you're just being a complete asshole. Look how upset your daughter is. She's not upset. She's upset at me now because I cursed at you. But she's very upset on the inside. And you shouldn't be such an ass, especially in front of the family. Thank you. Have a great day. There you go. Don't eat the fucking turkey. How about that? Yeah. Don't make people feel bad. Don't make people feel bad. If you don't like it, if I don't like something, I'm at a situation like that, I don't say anything. I just put it on the side. I eat whatever else fixings are on the table. 
Do the right thing. Come on, people. Tell your mother-in-law to listen to this shit. Wake up. So, are we going to discuss this other mailbag? You read it. I don't want to read it. You have to read it. It makes me feel dirty just saying the things. Oh, well, I read two. I can't read all three, my friend. Oh, look at me, Joe. I can read. Ah, education. It's a miracle. Well, you know, he went to PS 187, so he's got good education. Why does he got to be 187? Because there's lots of killing in New York. What do you want me to do? (laughs) There's killing in New York. Says the guy from Chicago. Yeah, right. Chirac over here. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey. Anyways, Jared from Boynton Beach. If you guys don't know Jared by now, he is our number one fan. And he's a little office rocker sometimes. So, last episode we asked what people would do if they won the lotto. So, Jared says, if I won the lotto, first things I'd buy are hookers and coke. Jared... I have another friend who would buy the exact same thing. Anyways, um, then is it a female? Because he's looking for. Uh... It's not. Huh. Sorry, Jared. Then when I'm completely fucked up and maybe buy a Russian bride or two, for someone who's married, let me tell you, Jared, you only need one. Oh, and I'd also buy a yacht. Ever see Wolf of Wall Street? I'd be that asshole. <laughs> I like that last line. I'd be that asshole. Yeah, back to what I said before. Only one wife, Jared. Trust me. I've been doing it for eight years. She puts up with my shit, and I put up with her shit, but that's about all I could take. And I already told her, God forbid anything happens, I'm never doing this shit again. <laughs> Joe, how do you feel? Uh, I mean, look, the guy, he's single, right? Jared, single, and uh, this is what he wants to do. So I don't, I don't, uh, I don't uh, you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. I, I don't uh, hold any fault against him. Jared, do what you got to do. All I'm saying is, if you're going to get a yacht, invite the Guy Think Podcast. We're going to do a live show on the yacht. And Evan. And Evan. And we'll do it like a scene at a Donnie Brasco. There you go. With the fish and everything, you know? So, Evan, how do you feel about hookers, coke, hookers, and yachts? Hookers, cokes, and, and I'll do the, the yacht. <laughs> I mean, I've seen enough working at the Boca Raton Resort and Club for three years. They're pretty nice. But I get seasick, so I, I don't fucking know. Um, if I won the lottery, then I would not be here. I'd be traveling every fucking place, doing every fucking thing that I can. Damn right. And then fucking die. And then die happy. And then die happy. See as much as you can, right? Yeah. You only live one life. Damn right. I'd live it good. Damn right. So Jared and, and Jared also uh, had voice to me that he was upset that Miss Florida did not uh, respond to uh, his question if she has any single friends for him. Do you see how much shit that lady does? She's all over everything, filming people, talking to people, doing movies and TV. She ain't got time for your shit, Jared. <laughs> I love you. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna, I don't know when we're going to do this, but I just had a thought. Why don't we do a blind date live here on the show, a Guy Think podcast, setting up Jared and a random woman? Well, why don't we set them up and then have a post-date interview no about how jared fucked everything no up. i want them God to be here you do the live before on and the after. show yeah the before and after so before we come in we record a little bit and then i'll go to the restaurant they're having dinner at and i'll take some clips you should take them to, you know what you sent them death and glory perfect you mix it wear, all together you gotta wear one of those fake mustaches <laughs> trench coat, fedora, yes. big black sunglasses yes, i'm in well evan videotaped the whole thing you edited correct we'll have a movie with it Dinner in the movie. We gotta get him now before he gets too rich. Creative juices are flowing. Here we go. Here we go. All right, Jared. It's in the works. It's in the pipeline. Our goal for the for 2019. It's not about being a better person. It's about hooking Jared up with a female before he gets the hookers and coke. 
before the hookers are called, it'll kill you, my friend. It'll kill you. And ladies, listen, if you agree to come to it, Guy Thing Podcast will pay for it. Damn right they will. We'll pay for your date. We'll pay for your date. How's that sound? God, I hope maybe you're a at the, uh, Maybe at the Mickey D dollar menu. <laughs> or we'll pay for the date. Oh, Sonic. Sonic's nice. You're not allowed to go to McDonald's anymore. We've discovered this in the last yeah, few episodes. Yeah, and actually there was a McDonald's mailbag that I had to leave out that I will talk about that next week. <clears throat> Too much McDonald's. Not good for the Getting body. Getting sick talking about it. So what else is going on in the world? Um, I just wanted to, uh, my condolences to the Bush family. They're big listeners on the show. And uh, just, I'm just kidding. They're not. Maybe they are. You never know. George W. W. He he likes hookers and coke. Or low energy um, Jeb. But poor poor President Bush dead at 94. I do feel bad about that. I mean, listen, 94 is a long time. He yeah, yeah a he had life. a good life. You know, he's he's with his wife now. Yes, if yeah. you believe in those kind of things. Um, I actually read a story that every time he would go out, leave the White House or wherever, she'd be waiting for him on the steps when he returned back. So you can just picture it in your head if. You know, if, the, if you do believe in a heaven, she was mm-hmm. waiting for him when he got there. So they're back together. Yeah, now. absolutely. Yep. And, uh, oh, yeah, Jeb. <laughs> Good old Jeb. Trump ripped him into ass. <laughs> it wasn't even about, like, it was so funny because I was watching the fucking primaries and it wasn't even about who knew politics. It was like a fucking cafeteria fight. It was like, who could make fun of who better? <laughs> yeah, Trump's, Trump's going to win that pretty much handedly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can't go toe to toe with him. But he's got to change his repertoire. Uh, crooked Hillary, low energy Jeb, uh, <laughs> creepy Ted Cruz. Little, little Marco. Little Marco. You, you got to change him up. Come gross. on. You're Donald, you're, you're Donald Trump. Donald damn you're, Trump. You're, you're apparently a billionaire. A damn billionaire, for Christ's sake. Come Listen, up with new names. If you, need some, if you need some names and stuff, please come contact me, Donald. Yeah. I got some but stuff Actually, for you. We, we did the analytics, and, and uh, there, were, there were listeners from Trump Towers, so it could be very well... Uh, Donald Trump, listen maybe, in. Maybe they're probably the janitors. Not, well, I don't know. I think because we hashtag McDonald's, he's a big fan yeah, of McDonald's. Is. I think you know, think. two yeah, two Big Macs, two Diet Cokes. He you must know, have that, been like a great fucking oh, presidential Oh, what's meal. that guy thing? What's that? Oh, McDonald's. This is huge. Huge. This is huge, guys. If you haven't tuned in yet, I think podcast gonna be big, bigly, bigly. bigly. You're gonna make us lose people with that. Bigly, you that. Speaking of losing people. Uh, Starwood Hotels is losing lots of people. I don't know if you guys heard about this or not. Haven't heard the name Starwood Hotels in forever. Oh, well, they uh, had a monster data breach. And Ooh. Starwood Hotels owns Marriott, W, uh, Sheridan, Weston, and St. Regis. For the last four years, contact information and credit card numbers were compromised. It's been going on for, like I said, a few years. So if you've been, if you had your information compromised, let's say, in the last four years... And you happen to stay at one of these hotels that I mentioned, you may want to find out how the data was stolen because you might have a little uh, settlement on your hands. Crazy. I, I all of a sudden have had that happen to me. <laughs> 500 million people, by the way, worldwide. I stayed out of Marriott at one point in my life, I'm sure in the last few years. And was your information stolen at one point? It could have been. Yeah. So you My credit is so it. shitty, I don't know if it's my fault or somebody else's. So. <laughs> there you go. Let them have your shitty credit. Dude, don't stay at these hotels, people. Sorry to tell you. I know the W is a cool place. The Marriott, don't stay at these places at all. You got to stay somewhere else, like a Holiday Inn, but you don't, at least they won't breach your data. But You uh, might get bed bugs. 
Yeah, but w- what do you want? You want to get nibbled on your crotch at night, or do you want to lose <laughs> your fucking social security number? I mean, if I'm going to one of the Hotel Six or something like that, I'm there to get my crotch nibbled on. Just yeah, but I'm talking about little crawling creatures oh. that uh, becomes the gift that keeps on giving. Well, those are the hookers Jared's buying. <laughs> <laughs> Nasty, nasty. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, I don't know. You guys watch boxing at all? Very no. lightly. I know Ooh. about. I know about this. Fight. I know about the Wilder Fury fight. I know a little bit about what's it's going on there. Dope fight. I mean, real quick, Wilder versus Fury. If you've been living under a rock for the last couple of years, uh, the heavyweight division is making some sort of a comeback. Two great fighters. You got fucking <clears throat> Deontay Wilder, Alabama boy, started boxing at age 23, which kind of late. But six foot seven, two hundred twelve pounds, built like a brick shit house, knocking people out left and right. Guy is thirty nine and zero with thirty eight knockouts. Jeez. Fucking guy, he's a machine, right? Yeah. Going up against for the first time ever in his career, the Gypsy King, the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury from England, six foot nine, two hundred fifty six and a half pounds. The guy's a beast. Can't forget the half. <laughs> it it goes like a long, <laughs> goes a long way. Trust me. Especially when you're 6'9". First time ever Fury's fighting a guy bigger than him. I'm, I'm sorry, Deontay Wilder's fighting a guy bigger than him. What a fight. It was everything it was and some more. Um, Gypsy King was just bobbing and weaving like a lightweight. Mm-hmm. The 6'9", 256. His movement is ridiculous. The right hand's the big thing. The bronze bomber, uh, Deontay Wilder, has got a monster right hand. Devastating. Knocks everybody out. But this guy, Fury, did his homework. He was able to avoid the, his fucking right hand the whole fight. He got clipped in the ninth round and went down. That just is a testimony to how powerful Deontay Wilder is. Fury got up, lightly stunned, continued to outbox him the rest of the fight. He's up ahead on the scorecard. Last round comes. Deontay Wilder's gas from so many swing and misses. He only landed 17% of his shots. And uh, his his manager tells him, you need to just go well in. Like, you got to give me everything. So I'll give Do you rock. Dude, this motherfucker, his adrenaline rush, first 30 seconds of the round, Boom. Connects with a right, connects with a left on on the way down. Fury gets cracked put him the left. Out, put him out cold. Put him on the mat. His head hit the back of the mat. It's over. Mm-hmm. Last round. Guy gets up on a count of nine. Un fucking. He sat up like the Undertaker in the nineties. Yeah, just, just straight, sat, straight up, sat up, up, popped up to his feet, rush, finished the rest of the fight, and outboxed him. Believe it or not, for the oh, remainder of the round, which was pretty cool, and even stunned Wilder. So it was a great comeback. It ended up being a draw. It was so crazy. Like it was a split decision, mm-hmm. and the last guy had it a draw. And I, if it wasn't for that knockdown, the twelfth round, Fury wins the fight and uh, and you know unifies a couple of belts. But what a wild fight! If you haven't seen it, it was great. But the main attraction of the fight really was Mauro Ranallo. The guy, he's an announcer. He does uh, some uh, cage fighting. He does NXT, and he does uh, boxing Showtime. Mamma mia. <clears throat> Mamma mia! But um, the way the guy calls a fight dramatic the whole time. It makes everything the guy is so much better. He's, oh, yeah. all, he's the best announcer in the world, hands Period. down. I love hands Joe Rogan, down. but Mauro Ronaldo. Mauro Ronaldo is. He makes everything level, just man. so much more exciting. Look, yeah. If they could change the the announce team on Raw, I'd be fine. That's got to be Mauro Ronaldo. He's he's the he's the man. He's the you watch WWE. Yeah. Oh my god! I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Well, we're, we're that'll have to be a whole other episode. <laughs> but um, absolutely. But. Back to the Gypsy King, and actually goes with Maro Nalo. He took that clip of him sitting up, and Gypsy King has been known, and he went, he disappeared for a long time. Yeah, walked away from boxing for mental health issues. Yeah, depression, he was also suspended for doing um, cocaine. 
suicide attempts, depression, all these yeah. things. And um, gained four hundred. He was four hundred pounds. Four hundred so pounds. Weight. Came back, but he sat up and he put it in, in um, on his Instagram post about how he had to sit up. He had to be there to show other people with mental illness mm-hmm. that they can get through it too. It was amazing. Obviously, I didn't say verbatim. Mm-hmm. And Mauro Nalo is uh, uh, also suffers bipolar right. and uh, depression stuff like that. And he's a gigantic advocate. Yeah, for for people with depression and bipolar and and for getting the word out and the people who hire him and who are are understandable with the way he is are just amazing, which means the WWE and Showtime. Yeah, Mauro, uh, me and uh, Mauro Ronaldo actually had a little bit of an exchange today on Instagram, which was pretty cool. He's a really cool dude. He posted today because he's a big advocate with mental health, and he had this cool post, you are enough, you are so enough, it is unbelievable how enough you are. Just something simple. And I told him, I said, Moro, I said, we're all made in God's image. Sometimes that's all we need to know. And he, he responded to me. And it's cool. You know, he's a cool dude. He'll respond to you and stuff. Um, so, well, I mean, yeah. people with, with or without mental illness, especially nowadays with all the bullshit going on, need to know they're enough. Need to know who you are is okay. Yeah. You know, being someone that's been down the dark road before. You know, you just need to know that you matter. You know, no matter if it's to one person or to the rest of the world, your life as an individual will affect someone else, you know, down the road. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're needed. You're wanted. You belong. Damn right. And there's a place for everybody in this world. If you're a freak, hey, there's freaky spots you can go to and find fellow freaks. Let that free flag fly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hear they come out at night. Yeah, man. So um, I just want to let uh, you guys know, next guest on the show is John Moore. He is the GM with Black Coral Rum. For all my freaks out there, if you've been to the liquor store lately, are you buying your booze, whether it's wine or craft beer or vodka or rum or whiskey, whatever the hell you drink, Check out, in the rum section, Black Coral Rum. Really fucking cool stuff. I had some uh, little tasting. It was very good. I actually bought a bottle. John Moore is going to be on the show next week. We're going to be doing a rum tasting live here on the show. And we're going to be talking about the distillery here in South Florida. So tune into that, guys. It's going to be pretty fucking cool. I'll be chaperoning. Don't worry. <laughs> Brian's going to be my Uber. But, uh, you know, follow us on Facebook. Uh, Twitter, Instagram at a guy thing podcast. Keep reaching out. Keep sending us emails. We love you all so much. If you can, after the outro, um, we have literally one minute of advertisement. It's my sexy voice. You got to listen to for one minute. How can you beat that? Please listen. If you can, that'd be awesome to help us out. If not, we still love you. Absolutely. Check us out on YouTube as well. Uh, we're going to be uh, doing a couple more videos that are going to be coming out, so be patient. I know a lot of people have been hitting us up about that. They're coming. Also, our voicemail. We did get a voicemail, and uh, we're going to we're gonna pop that in there somewhere in the episode, maybe in the beginning of the end. I don't know yet. We'll figure it out. But we got a voicemail in the mailbag. And uh, please hit us up, 856-441-6386. If you didn't catch it, click rewind. And remember, like Marlon always says, you are enough.
wanted to reach out to it's a guy thing podcast and uh kind of just wanted to leave a voicemail to see if I get a, a return phone call. I wanted to talk about uh shitting in your hands at work uh while having a hot coworker uh that you just wanna sniff all day long. And, you know, we just, a lot of stuff we got to talk about, a lot of stuff that needs to be addressed on this podcast. Uh, I'd love to talk about it. I'd love to make people feel a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, as a matter of fucking fact, I'll drop everything fucking right now and fly to Florida and fucking be a guest. Uh, I'll drop fucking everything right now. <laughs>